0: Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. And today I am very happy to say we have Mark Alazart on the show and we're going to be talking about his new book, Dogs. One of the things I really like about this book is the telegraphicness. Did I just make that word up? Of the title. This book is about dogs. <laughs> so many times you see books and you don't exactly know what they are about having read the title, but this one's about dogs. And Mark and I have already had an interesting email exchange about dogs. There's a beautiful Weimaraner on the cover of the book. And I hope we get to talk about that as well. Uh, I've had dogs myself. I did when I was a kid. I haven't had one for a long time, but I enjoyed them very much. And I also enjoyed reading Mark's terrific book. It's just out from Polity Press. So I encourage you to go out and get a copy of it. But let me turn directly to Mark. Mark, thank you for being on the show. Hi, Marshall. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Could you begin the interview by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. So, um, well, I, 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 uh, I'm I a philosopher. Um, I was trained as a philosopher anyways, uh, although I'm interested in lots of other things. I'm not a teacher, actually. Um, I, I, I write books, but uh, I, I, as a for a living, I, I used to work in contemporary art uh, in the Saint-Pompidou in Paris. Where I live, and, uh, at the Palais Tokyo, at the Ministry of Culture, and, uh, now I'm,
0: I'm a full-time writer right now.
1: And, um, and that's, that's about most, yeah, what I could say. Well, that's a lot.
0: That, that's a lot. And we discussed earlier in the pre-interview how you get to go have a croissant every Absolutely. morning around Absolutely. the corner in Paris. I was going to say, you dog you. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I don't get to do that where I live. So anyway, tell us why you wrote the book Dogs.
1: Actually, it's it's, it's, it's really a coincidence because um, I mean, I never thought that as a philosopher I would uh, write a book on dogs at any time I mean, it's not why i got into philosophy I got into philosophy because of astrophysics and computer science and quantum mechanics and the profound desire to understand the world uh, in, a, in a very metaphysical way i mean like you can imagine 18 years old guy going into philosophy and uh, it, it actually fell on, on it fell upon me after i, I adopted a dog which was my first dog well not exactly my first dog it's my my grandfather used to have a dog but but my first personal dog and that was about three or four years ago and um and unfortunately uh he died very very young and uh i i i the sorrow that that it brought to me was was very profound deep and 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 lasted a very long time and uh, uh, after a year of mourning, I, I actually thought I had to do something about it. I mean, I had to overcome this, this, this melancholy, and, and and that meant understanding the meaning of what we had lived together, and um, and and I, I it really, it didn't really start like a book about like I didn't think about what's the philosophy of dogs, but. I just wanted to write this kind of letter to my dog and, and impressions of the life we had, had together. And also, I guess I felt there's something wrong with the way dogs are treated and, and the way I couldn't relate to any picture, image, description of a dog in culture, in popular culture, or or, or even in, in in high culture. I mean, there's no Moby Dick of dogs. There's no cat in boots of <laughs> yeah, there's no, dry. There's I never no about boots it. of dogs. And uh, when you do fall on dogs, uh, it, 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 it'll be uh, probably children's books: Scooby Doo, uh, Santa's Little Helper, Ring Tin Tin, Lassie. Which are, they're great dogs, but I mean, it, it, it has nothing about the gravitas or the 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 the, 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 the something deeper that I felt. It, well, relate me to my dog. And, and and I thought it was pretty pretty weird. It's actually even worse because when you when you a dog is, is basically an insult for in many languages. Uh no right. we'll talk the about Bible. That. When you get to philosophers uh, properly speaking, they they all have kind of animal they like, like wolves, for Gilles Deleuze or or, or or I don't know, uh, owls or haggle, or, but you'll never see a dog, and uh, and you you can even read things like from Gilles Deleuze saying that dogs are the shame of of the animal kingdom, which is I mean that that's where the philosophy started in the sense that I, I thought there's such discrepancy between uh, the importance of dogs in our lives, and I'm talking about the, the life of the species we are because dogs have been around for 50,000 years and have helped us enormously, tremendously. They, they, I mean, there, there's lots of, there are lots of scientific literature on dogs. There's been a, a very interesting uh, renewal of, of interest in dogs. But, uh, uh, but, but, that, but the how and why they're so important on one side and so, so invisible on the other, uh, I felt like actually a, a philosophical problem which needed to be treated as such. And so that's how it started.
0: Well, it is very interesting. You've said a lot there. I, I, I've owned a lot of different kinds of animals. I don't know if "own" is the right word, but I'm going to yeah, yeah, get in trouble no, for that. No bad word, really. yeah. <laughs> and and so I've had dogs, and I've had cats, and I've had fish, and I've had birds. I, and I have to say that of all of them, dogs are very different. It's true. I've I've also, than any of I them. I have
1: fish, and I have a bird. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> and i had a and i and i agree i mean there 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 are things that, are, that they all have in common and which is what's even more bizarre is that even when you look at a at a, at a bird scratching his head he'll you'll, you'll you'll feel something common with the bird you'll scratch your head about it the, the same way it's very strange like evolution traits kind of stay the same for for, for for centuries and I mean, millions of years, but yeah, uh, I agree. Dogs are very, very different, and, and I mean, scientists know how to, to to show that difference. They're even very different from apes, which are usually the, the, the most uh, the, the the animals we think are the most evolved. They, they I, I wouldn't say they're more intelligent because the, the intelligence of animals is a very complicated topic, and I'm not, and I'm not a. Yeah. Again, I mean, I'm not a. I, Although I'm a philosopher, I'm, I'm, I, I read and write philosophy. I, I, I'm not a specialist of animal rights or animal philosophy, as such which is a topic, of domain in itself. But I've read a lot about it, and and and, um, and there is a special intelligence of dog, which is probably more like something an incredible empathy they have, and, and and way of recognizing what we do, how we do it, how where we look. Um, there's this 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 guy who wrote this book I, I forgot his name who says he was studying he was studying apes great apes and at one point he 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 he, he realized that the, the, the ape couldn 't do something his dog could do very easily without even learning and he thought dogs can do that and he wrote a whole book about it It's very interesting
0: i think you're exactly right i I guess the word having read your book that and, and just having heard what you said, it, it kind of comes down, and this is a sort of a colloquial way of putting it, if I think of all the animals that I've had, only one has been a companion, what I would truly call a companion, and that's the dog. You you can't be a companion with a fish. You can't be a companion with a bird. At least I've never managed it. And cats don't care about us. Well, well I, I
1: would make, maybe I would say you could
0: – I, I, I think – like people who
1: have parrots say that, that that you can be a companion, but I understand what you mean. I, I, the way I, I used to, to put it is that uh, uh, b- um, cats or, or birds or other species tolerate us; they they, they they accept to be to to live with us, but only it's so far as they tolerate that we live with them. Um, dogs is very different. Do- dogs actually. Uh, make a, a special bond with us, and it's they're the only they're the only animals in the in the whole animal kingdom that make a, 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 a bond with two species, their own and, and ours, and, and that's,
0: that's unique. It seems to me that, as opposed to say fish or birds or something like that, that when you interact with a dog, or at least when I interact with a dog, that it seems to kind of like the interaction. But again, I I, I sort of fear that there's a moment of Anthropomorphization here, and in fact, this is just some sort of evolved behavior, and that I am uh, imputing to the dog motives or thoughts that the dog is not having.
1: Well, it's very difficult, yes, to, to not anthropomorphize, anthropomorphize our, our relation to dogs, but um, and animals in general. But uh, I think it's I think it's it's true what you're saying. Um, dogs do like us i, I, I have I have, I have, I have I'm, I'm surprised by the fact that he's he's very happy my dog is very happy that, that, that my present dog is very happy when uh, when obviously when we go out we do something some some things that he, he likes to do but also when he understands what I mean or what I'm trying to tell him or teach him and recipro- reciprocally when 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 I understand with, uh, what he wants it's like that. The, there's a pleasure of communication, uh, which uh, yes, absolutely, you wouldn't have at all with a with a with a, uh, another kind of animal, I guess. But still, I mean, you, there's so much going on in animal studies that show that elephants or, or, or parrots or, or or even evolved fish understand much more than we than we understand about ourselves. That I, I, I put all this in brackets, but there is something very special that's typical to dogs, if I, well, if I refer to scientific literature again, which it seems that because they have been with us for so long, they have co-evolved with us. And this is very, very, very unique. Um, we actually share a kind of, of, of brain together. Um, uh, our, our brain, 30,000 years ago, uh, was relieved of certain functions that were assumed by dogs. Uh, like the vigilance, for instance, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and we create the tandem together. Uh, dogs assuming a certain number of things for us, and and we could do other things with that, that, that with this brain space we had uh, uh, that was f- freed by by the dogs. So in a sense, it is very true that we are we are. It's not only that dogs are special animal it's just that we with dogs constitute some kind of hybrid which is a a, a, an animal in itself an animal with two heads or or or, you know um, feet and hands and and i I mean it's it's very it's very special but uh, to come back to philosophy as someone who speaks very well of that is Donna Haraway because obviously there there has been philosophy written about dogs and and her her book was a seminal book uh called the the, the companion species manifesto where she revealed that she had that she had the dogs and she loved dogs and and explained why and, and one of the reasons why is that it, is, is that she, is she explains the, the it it, it it fits into her theory that we are made of hybrids of nature and culture and that uh, and that dogs are really
0: part of us yeah that, that makes very good sense to me and I think that is correct there is something about the emotional quality that you feel with a dog it's reactivity it it responds to you in a way that seems almost human like but it's so ordinarily uh Beneficent, that it's almost not human-like because they seem to just really in, often really enjoy our company. I want to I want to talk about one thing though, and that is that how dogs essentially got this way. And again, I'm I'm not an expert on evolution, but it seems to me they're the product of what would be called in um, the biological sciences really hard selection. That is that that these traits that we see have essentially been engineered by a kind of darwinian process where we selected dogs that behaved in this way is that borne out by what you know um
1: yes obviously there has been a lot of selection uh, going on with dogs because because they they pass so many services and they can be trained as guard dogs as shepherd dogs and and, and everything uh, there, there are lots of competing theories on this actually because what it's it it tends to it tends to um, to to say that uh, we we captured wolves and tamed them and selected them to make them nicer to us and kinder and and less aggressive, and 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 I'm not sure about this way of seeing things. I, I rather prefer the idea of the coevolution thing, uh, uh, which means that we we have taken of dogs as much as they've taken of us. Uh, There's this new theory I wrote about, uh, I I read about, which is is fantastic. It's the idea that it's not actually that like demi-wolves came close to to human camps and and, and started eating their scraps and and they all started living together. There's this this other idea is that humans actually um, observed how wolves lived. And I'm talking about Homo sapiens. I'm talking about 45 45,000 years ago, and and picked upon their traits of character, because packs of wolves are actually much more or were much more evolved socially than than human beings at the time. Uh, they're very complicated social structures. So um, I don't know in, in in which direction came the selection really, and I I mean. Uh, well, you know, there's there's another there's another amazing book uh, that, that says that Neanderthals uh, disappeared because they didn't manage to to bond with dogs, and this is that would be one of the reasons why Homo sapiens uh, um, uh, survived and and and, and, uh, uh, and Neanderthal disappeared and and I I think it might be true I mean uh, they, they, this, this 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 it's incredibly powerful. Both the hybrid that that we constitute with dogs, but also this idea that we that we espoused their social values as as wolves, and, and and we imported them in human societies and made these societies better and more efficient. So it really goes both ways.
0: Yeah, well, one of the things I just have to mention because it's always sort of blown my mind is the morphological diversity of dogs as opposed to and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for this but almost any other species cuz dogs are all one species they are just dogs and they can all interbreed that includes a doberman pincher and your little lap dog and 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 the thing that is like if you look at morphological diversity in humans it's extraordinarily limited i mean sure there's some seven footers out there and there's some short people and you know they they come in different shapes and sizes but dogs it's just truly astounding the morphological kind of plasticity of the dog, uh, you know, understructure. I don't know what the word is for this in evolution, but it seems to have the ability to morph in ways that, yeah, it's incredible. Genotype.
1: I mean, I, it don't, really I never is
0: thought
1: amazing. about it, actually. I'm just, um, I just I have to. I have to agree. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, although it, although there's something which is it's it's, it's it is really their phenotype in, in the sense that what strikes me is the reverse in the sense that dogs don't seem to be very no, sensitive don't. to this <laughs> between them. I mean, I mean, they, they 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 will. I mean, my my dog will will bark at a bigger dog, or or, or maybe get scared of a smaller dog, and and he had different reactions towards dogs and their sizes. But but it's 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 very difficult to 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 know why, how, when. I mean, other times he will just have. Lots of fun with an enormous dog, and 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 they it, it just seem to be totally indifferent to this diversity. Well, that's why you also find in, in, you, see, you know interbreed dogs uh, made of, of poodles yeah, and then right. and, yeah, and no, it's, it's,
0: it's an astounding thing <laughs> how does I, I would work? love to have a biologist it's, it's come astounding. on to the show and explain exactly how this can be because if you look at morphological diversity yeah. in most species it's oh, I don't know again I could be totally wrong but uh, there's I, I've not seen anything that approaches that's in my own personal experience dogs not even cats because cats essentially come in one size mm. I'll get in trouble for that too but they essentially come in on one side. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> well, they're creating over. these dog cats like the Maine yeah, the, 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 the Yeah, the diversity of dogs is it's kind of an amazing thing. Uh, at least it strikes me as a, an astounding evolutionary fact. And I, I can't really explain it. So if you're a biologist, please come onto the show and explain it to me. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the image of dogs. And as you point out, theres I never thought about it, but there really is no... They don't generally have a terribly positive image in at least the Western canon. That's the only one I know. I mean, I, I can think of one good story about a dog, and that's when a dog dies, and that's essentially when Odysseus comes home. That's true, that's from, that's, yeah, yeah. That's true. and I forget the dog's name, oh, but it just lays down and is yeah, right, lays down and dies. That's that's its big moment. So, can you talk a little bit about the image of dogs in the Western canon and generally?
1: Well, uh, there's. One thing we could say, which which would actually be more than Western, it would be universal, uh, and it's a very simple example we can comes to mind, which is the fact that um, no country in the world has a dog for emblem.
0: Is that true? Is that, yeah? That's right. Yeah. That's
1: right. You, are, you know, the, the Americans have the bald eagle, and then the, the English uh, have lions. Although lions probably never. Um, put their feet on the on the ground of England and um, the, the Russians will have the bear and, and we but absolutely no country has a dog for emblem which is fascinating when you come to think of it again when, because dogs have been around for so long and pay us so many services and, and, and so essential to our life and we love them so much and but no um, uh, 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 you find that uh, so if we, if we stick to the Western canon we can see also that the, there's no they're not dogs in the Bible the Old Testament, the New Testament, that the apostles have all animals as, as symbols, but no dog, and um, it's, it's it's you really have to go back to to antiquity to find uh, dogs um, uh, figured and 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 actually worshipped. Uh, that's a, that's a huge difference with our with 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 um, our culture today, because if you go back to, to ancient Greece, you'll find Cerberus who, who who keeps uh, the the gates of hell. Uh, but you also find Anubis in ancient egypt same thing he, he, he keeps the gates of, of, of hell or or, or passes the the, the, the the souls of the dead to Osiris and uh, You'll find this in Maya culture with Xolotl, who's also the the kind of servant god of of, of death. You'll find this in Indian culture with Kalabairava, who is a dog who's the god of death and has got a dog uh, along his side. You, you'll find this problem. You know this 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 thing is is a universal trait that both dogs have. Has, have kind of been invisibilized. If you if you let me. Invent this word. Uh, and, uh, and also when they are present, it, ha- it is as the gods of the shadows. Uh, and that's, that's very interesting because yet again it, it, it forces us to, to well to, to, to exercise our, our mind on something which could be a deeper meaning of, of what dogs are to us.
0: Do you care to speculate on why that is the case? I mean, I, I could speculate a little bit. I mean, I, I, I suppose you could say, well, dogs were disease carriers. There were often wild dogs around. They, some of them share a kinship with wolves and they'll eat you. Uh, so there, there are reasons to dislike dogs, but they've always been kept. I think there are two, re-
1: two main reasons for this. Uh, the, the, the first one is that dogs are actually difficult to represent, uh, to 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 figure out, because they're uh, intermediate animals, uh, they they have a part of themselves is 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 into nature, and and uh, and another one is is with us. They're hybrids, as I was saying, and and this is actually the meaning, I think, of the of the the they're worshipping as gods of death, uh, because what they do is that they 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 are between life and death. They are the gods of thresholds, and uh, they are between light, night and day. Like Xolotl, the the, the man god, uh, um, is also the god of, that that brings the sun um, into the abyss, um, and and they're messengers in that sense. Uh, and, uh, and it's very difficult that thresholds are something that are very difficult to represent, uh, in generally speaking. Because we don't know where to put them, they're, they're not on on one side. Not that's what that's why I, I like to say that their dogs are dialectical animals, and, uh, and, and I'm and I'm always a bit. I, I love Hegel, but I'm I'm, I'm I, I feel sorry that he didn't understand that dogs were were his 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 philosophical animal much more than the owl. Uh, uh, because really, they are these 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 dialectical beings that that bring together opposites. So that's one thing, and the other is 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 probably more um, has more to do with the unconscious, uh, with with repressed feelings and desires. Because every time you encounter something or someone that is both a totem and a taboo, worshipped and 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 and. and, and uh, Made a disgusting thing at the same time. You you have to deal with with powerful, deeper um, things that are in our in our in our own shadows, uh, and and this I think has something to do with their submissive sub, submissiveness, uh, which is something which makes us very uneasy. Um, uh, it, it's that's another concept that we have lots of difficulty dealing with. Um, and mainly because, as Freud has told us, um, uh, masculinity, which, which has permeated our cultures and our civilizations for millennials, uh, um, has to repress uh, submissiveness. And it has to repress the strange pleasure that we can take in submissiveness when we are children. And dogs seem to uh, express and to show off this pleasure of submissiveness, in a very very peculiar way which which i think makes us both proud of having dogs because we we feel we're mastering these powerful animals and and uh, also ashamed if i if i take the word of deleuze uh, the, the shame of the natural kingdom because uh, we're so close to dogs, we would like them to to be like us and to refuse submissiveness and to be free and and, and to show their, their 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 own will of power and and they don't they don't they they they, they enjoy this state um and and i i i think I think we've just yeah we we we're faced with our own contradictions and our own repressed desires. And that's why I think it's so important, actually, to have a dog because it, it means we 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 have to face and go and delve into our own inner uh, darkness and, and and make peace and uh, with 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 our own desires.
0: I, I one of the things you've re- I want to come back to submissiveness in a second because I'd never thought of that. Uh, <laughs> that's a very very good point. But one of the things that you reminded me of when you were speaking is. Um philosophers who think a lot about robots, (laughs) and there are such, uh, they talk about this uncanny valley. That is, if you have a robot that just looks like a robot, you're comfortable with it. But if you have a robot that looks quite like a human, but isn't quite a human, that's very disturbing. People are very off-put by this. There have been experiments and things. They don't don't feel comfortable with it. And dogs kind of occupy that space because there's something very kindred about them, something very human about them, but they're not human. They they act they act in that way, but it's Absolutely, it's a little bit yeah. disturbing in a way. Because they're so much like us. Yeah. But they're not us. That. <laughs> I bet that's very true. I, I, I
1: love the, uh, the uncanny valley concept. It's great. And you, you're absolutely right. And actually, Donna Haraway uh, wrote on cyborgs. And, and I don't think she has ever mentioned the link between cyborgs and dogs in that sense. But you're right. And the, 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 the word, the sole word of shame is so specific to, to us. I mean, we only have shame and feel shame for another human. We don't feel shame for birds, or, or, or if we see um, elephants copulating, we won't feel shame. But we feel shame if dogs do it. So that that really goes to show how much we do identify with them.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's exactly right. I mean, for, I, I hate to mention this, because we had a lot of dogs on the ground, but occasionally a dog will hump your leg absolutely you know, and, and, and there's something so disturbing about that I, I don't even know where to start but like everybody just looks around like no well you know and you know, dog. I mean,
1: people people on instagram even have invented ways of of hiding their modesty you know of, of, of they, they they it's crazy it's it's ridiculous but yes it's, it's it is because we, we we share this 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 common destiny between dogs and us they they do absolutely represent
0: and, and lots of things we fantasize about. And, and in a sense, you know, I, I come from a place and God, culture is probably too high-minded a word for it, but from a place in the United States where we had working dogs and we hunted them. Um, they were largely pointers, but we had Weimaraners as well. And there's a beautiful Weimaraner. In fact, this Weimaraner on the cover of your book keeps staring at me. <laughs> I, mean, I got to turn it over because it's bothering me um, and, and the thing about it is we kind of had one thing I noticed when I was young is that we had to make an effort to treat those dogs uh, sternly and cruelly because they were working dogs but it was an effort like we, we it was something that men did let me put it that way that the men that I grew up with who went hunting with me they made a, a, a point an effort just to say that's just a dog it's nothing more. It's just a working dog. But this was hard. It was hard for me, and I think it was hard for them. And you know, sometimes they'd have to be put down. And if they behaved bad, if they bit somebody, where I grew up, if a dog bit you, that dog was dead. It was not going to get a second chance. Um, and and but I do remember the effort, the emotional effort that it took to to deal with dogs as. As dogs, I guess I would say. If that—that's a little bit—that's um, that's a conflation or equivocation, but you get my point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I and I
0: also imagine that people who
1: who, are, who do work with dogs might find our conversation a bit preposterous, or at least we should. not yeah, I think over, they might. Yeah, we shouldn't be overthinking dogs because dogs are just dogs, as you just said. Uh, and it, maybe I mean maybe it's 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 something to do with the fact that our dogs are not working dogs anymore; they're lap yeah. dogs. Uh, they're, they're, our dogs have been uh, the story of 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 the dogs in our contemporary habitats is is pretty new, and it relates to the fact that people you who used to have dogs and had to move in cities around the 18th century missed their animals and and the only the ones they could have with them were dogs and and then cats and and and, and, and that's how the, the, the new dog the, the contemporary dog it's not just the working dog anymore uh, appeared and, and and we it's it's uh, it's obvious that we've created new types of relationships with our dogs But um, that might not have been the case uh, when people used to only work with dogs. But then we have also created new relationships with our children. You know, when you read about Rousseau. Who left his seven childrens in
0: the street? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean right. what, what are we, yeah. what are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, right? Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I teach her so, and that's something I often bring up. Is like that we just don't do that anymore. He didn't have any problem with it at all. I was like, yeah, sure, I just did this. And I'm talking, but, like, but <laughs> then,
1: I mean, even, even in all the all the all the literature you find on dogs, well, the, the sentiment for dogs has always been very strong. I mean, uh, I love uh, this anecdote about Martin Luther, uh, who's such a severe theologian about everything, and who wanted to, you know, who was ready to go to 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 fight for for any kind of article of faith, a minor article of faith, and and he was he was totally different with his dog. Uh, I, I think his one of his children had a dog, and. Um, and the child asked uh, Martin Luther if his dog was going to go to paradise. So, and and Martin Luther has said yes, uh, and his little golden wag tail will be wagging over there as well.
0: Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> he, the, the, the yeah, ogre right.
1: of, of Reformation being this little
0: right. And, and he, <laughs> he, yeah. Well, I'm a Luther. I, I was raised a Lutheran, and he knew. He knew very well, better than I do, that, that that's <laughs> false, that according to... Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know how the, the, the church uh, uh, relates to this today, but I, I know it's a question that, that lots of people ask about their dogs, and they don't see why they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I know what you mean yeah, because no, it makes sense, they're so much like us they should well, go that, yeah. that, 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 even in the 16th century that was already a sentiment for dogs uh, you'll find dogs like this you, in in uh, Albrecht Dürer's paintings, dogs are associated with mel- and they're there. You, you, see, you, you can feel that he loves dogs oh. totally and uh, even a hunter like Gaston Fabius, a very famous Lord, French Lord who had lots of dogs, wrote one of the first books on dogs. Has says it's a beautiful, very touching piece of the book. He says dogs have all the qualities in the world except they last very, um, they don't last long, and, and it, t- it tells us a lot about. Even uh, I mean, what you were saying, even if you have to be hard with dogs when you put them down, there is something something happens even to the, to the hardest people.
0: Okay. Okay. So one of the interesting things that I noticed while you were talking is that uh, that we give over these urban spaces to dogs in places like New York and, and London and is that true in Paris? Do they have dog parks in Paris? Absolutely not. <laughs> they don't. No, it's very upside down here.
1: Um, you you will be able to um, uh, eat with your dog at a restaurant. Uh, really? Can, yeah, even have him at your table. Basically, I mean, if it's a laptop. You can bring
0: your dog to a table. You've got to be kidding me. Is that really? <laughs> but, That's but, astounding. But, right, then, yeah. but
1: then you can't. Ha- you can't take him in a park. It's totally absurd. Um, uh, I, 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 I mean. The difference between Anglo-Saxon culture and, and French culture regarding animals, in general speaking,
0: is is obviously fascinating. It's it's so. Wait, just let me get this right. I, I've got to ask this. So, you, you can actually take a dog into a restaurant?
1: Oh yeah, any restaurant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I did not. I did not know that. Well, you know, I know a lot of people in. Um, uh, well, uh, Koreans and Chinese people, and to them, the at least some of them, some of the ones that I know, the idea of having a dog inside—that is where you live—is uh, it's it's haram. It's not it's not kosher. Right. It's you can't do that. Yeah, and th- and when I tell them that it's okay to have a dog inside in the United States, they just don't quite get that. <laughs> Like, how that could possibly be. It's a little bit, That's to give an analogy. It's a little bit like I told these Chinese students I was teaching once that in America, you can walk into somebody's house with your shoes on. Right. And they didn't believe me. <laughs> they didn't believe me. They like, because they had just come from China and like, nah, come on, stop it. That's really not true, is it? I mean, you know, it's really true. You can walk into an American's house and leave your shoes on most of the time. And they were absolutely astounded by this. Um, I wanted to talk about why dogs have such a bad reputation. Um, because we, we have this expression in English as you know uh, you're a dog it's not so you know to call someone a dog is not a good thing uh, it's a very bad thing and in many cultures and religions being called a dog is a, an extraordinarily bad thing can you speculate a little bit oh,
1: on I, that? I would link it to, to the conversation we had on submissiveness I think it's really it's, it's really something about this um, the fact that our, our civilizations have been, constructed on, on on the on the false premise that anything which is masculine is good and anything which is uh, and all these values associated with masculinity which is activity um power uh, i don't know uh, um, freedom uh, are, are, are have to are to be valued and and, and that any any kind of Animal or person or, or obviously another sex than masculine, um, should should be um, uh, impure or or, or or and 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 furthermore uh, uh, repressed. And uh, I think that's just the story of civilizations. Civilizations have they been for for centuries and and, and even more than for. for Thousands of years. Um, um, we're just coming out of this. This has been a hundred years only that we've been coming out of this that, that stereotype. And and obviously you 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 see that when 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 Trump says dying like a dog or his opponents are dogs or, or women are dogs uh, or bitches, um, you you see that that kind of archaic power play of the, the, the would-be strong man uh, treating uh, dogs that way uh, so badly but it, but but it's 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 really the end of that I think I think uh, the, the liberation movements emancipation movements uh, of women of of, of, uh, of animal rights and and, and, and 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 now even I mean dogs who even inside the animal right movement had a very special place because you know, even activists didn't know what to do with dogs. Uh is 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 dramatically changing for the best. And and uh, I think I think this yeah, I think we'll we'll have I, I I'm sure we'll deal less and less with this. Um it's 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 over.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, I kind of I tend to agree with you because you know one of the things that I just noticed in the u s news is that uh cruelty to animals became a federal crime in the United States just very recently, like in the last couple of days and again, where I grew up, cruelty to the animal- i mean it was a thing I mean you, you weren't supposed to be cruel to animals, but it, the idea that there would be federal legislation. <laughs> that that was not something on my radar when i was growing up not to say i was cruel to animals i i wasn't cruel to animals i i loved them and took care of them but you know that that is a definite change in attitude toward the animal kingdom and particularly i think toward dogs and cats
1: yeah and it's a very very deep and slow to to to, to happen because it's so encrusted in our culture i mean uh, there are two things uh particularly well in france in particular the, the idea that animals and machines is uh, relates to descartes and 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 uh, 16th century thought. And, and uh, that's probably why you know, there's so little space for animals in the city in, in France. They're, they're still, in a sense, machines. And as you said, germ, 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 germ vectors and stuff. Um, and then in the, in, in the Anglo-Saxon culture, or in the, the general Western culture, there's this idea that we forget uh, that's that's um, that was taught um, in the Bible which, which which is that the whole of nature is is fallen from grace and uh, that that nature as a whole has has no meaning it's just dead and, and it's just there to be uh, used by 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 human beings and particularly men uh, we we tend to forget because the the uh, the church doesn't like to talk too much of that, and it's t- trying to take an, an ecological turn. But it's very, very difficult for for Christian civil cultures to make this turn, because it's just not uh, what, what we were told for 2,000 years.
0: Yeah, that's it's very interesting. I had never really thought about it in that way, that it was the submissiveness of dogs that was really being dismissed, and in kind of an offhanded way, too. It's never direct. Nobody ever says... You're a dog because you're submissive. <laughs> they, they, they just say you're a dog, and the rest is kind of implied. What what what
1: what it what really is meant is you're a dog because you're taking pleasure in things that I am not authorized to take pleasure yeah, in. Yeah, well put. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's very that's very well put. And I'm jealous.
0: Yeah, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, do do you have any particular thoughts on the animal rights movement or? Anything like this? I, I haven't thought about it at all, really, because like I say, I keep fish and I have some birds, and <laughs> I so I don't really identify with them very much. So, um,
1: well, it wasn't the the no the main point of the book? Oh, no, not at really all. To, yeah, to I was to just the, dive into animal yeah, rights, yeah, no. which is a very very complicated and developing to- uh, topic, and uh, obviously, I, I, I just my limits with animal rights would be that. They, they they shouldn't authorize um, to 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 uh, belittle human rights. <laughs> I, yeah, I think right. I think yeah. uh, but, you know. There's a, sometimes you, you, you're not quite sure. I mean, loving animals is something, and, and I think loving humans is, is something else. And still, and I, my my the metaphor I tend to use to to explain the difference. That you can still make between animals and human beings is the same as you can make between liquid water and solid water. I mean, we are made of the same molecules yeah. who, uh, as as solid water and liquid water are made of. But if you take a, a kilo of solid water on your feet, it will probably be broken. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> will not point. be the case if it's yeah. uh, if it's a key if it's a liter of liquid water, and that, and that makes a difference. I mean, there are differences. There, there we have differences in our brains, our our prefrontal. Cortex is is has developed um, uh, very differently and, and and in part thanks to dogs because dogs have taken on them to to as I was saying to 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 develop uh, functions in their brains that could liberate space for our prefrontal cortex to to evolve and and take the the, the remaining space so so it is their sacrifice uh, has is 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 uh, fundamental to the development of the of, of the human species as we know it mm-hmm.
0: well thank you for that that's great um we've taken up a lot of your time before uh, i let you go um can you tell us what you're working on now i am actually working on climate change <laughs> which <is laughs>
1: okay. kind of, like the follow. i mean there's there's, there's some logic in, in 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 all this uh yeah i've written a little book um uh, called uh, Carbo-Fascism, uh, What It Is and How to Fight It.
0: Well, we'll have to have you on the network when that's done. I hope you, you stay in touch. Let me tell everybody that's been listening to this interview that we've been talking to Mark Elizard about his book Dogs. It's out from Polity Press. I encourage you to buy it. It has many, many great virtues. One of them is, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, is that it's short and pithy. I like short and pithy <laughs> books. I, having written some long and turgid ones, I, I don't really recommend them. But this one, you can actually sit down and read. And so that's a, 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 that's a, that's a great virtue for a book. So, Mark, let me say uh, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Marshall. Absolutely my pleasure.